0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to New Hope Church. We are so glad you're here tonight. Hope you guys, you guys are having a great week. Yeah? It's all great. You know why? Because Jesus is great. At this time, we're going to get ready to pray over our tithes and offerings. So if you would just uh, prepare your hearts for that. You know what's so amazing is that God is continuing to do great things because that's just who he is, right? And, you know, uh, I know for some of you who are watching this past weekend, you know, there's uh, some important things happening especially if you're a fan of certain teams maybe your team didn't even make it that far in the playoffs maybe your team lost on sunday or saturday or, or monday but you know it's so great hey don't look at the person next to you if they're like if they're lost and you're like oh don't don't rub it in there you know don't rub it in you know what's, what's amazing is that When the football season comes to where it's at right now, everybody goes crazy. We cheer on our favorite team or we make fun of our friends who have teams that didn't make it in. But there's one thing that remains the same as this. It doesn't matter whose team your team is because God calls you part of his team. God has chosen each and every one of us. He calls us his chosen people, his masterpiece. And as we pray over our tithes and offerings, it's a good reminder to remember how great our God is, that he loves each and every one of us. Now, if this is your first time to New Hope, we we ask that you don't feel obligated to give, in fact, receive this service to help you in your walk with the Lord. But just know that as we continue to give to the Lord as part of his team, we get to share in the greatest victory of all. Amen. Would you buy His heads me as we pray over our tithes and offerings? Lord, we just come before you tonight, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you so much for being the God that you are. That, Lord, our football team may not have made it into the playoffs. But, Lord, you are always victorious. And because of that, we get to share in that victory. But, Lord, there's a lot of people out there that are lost. And so, Lord, as we give unto you our tithes and offerings, we do so, yes, out of obedience, but also because our heart, Lord. We want our hearts to align with your spirit to reaching people far from you. And so, Lord, would you take our tithes and offerings, or would you allow it to reach your people so that they too can come to know you and the victory that you have over their lives. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we continue to look forward to what you're going to do in the lives of your people we pray for all of this in Jesus' name and we all said amen amen well this evening speaking of teams Pastor Marsha will be giving the message so let's give it up for Pastor Marsha
1: okay now can you hear me now i say anything after that just we made it well can you guys believe it's 18 days into the new year? Like, like where did it go? It's 18 days into it. Now, I don't do New Year's resolutions. And the reason I don't is because usually at about this time of the year, I'm done. I didn't even keep it this long. I can't. I'm not that disciplined. Now, some people don't make resolutions, but they set goals. They set things that they want to accomplish, or things that they want to do before the year ends. And others celebrate the New Year, and they don't think about it. They don't even think about time to change. All they're thinking about is all the stuff in the sky and all the popping and all that. But they do give some thought to change. But for the most part, New Year's is just a day on the calendar, and it doesn't really make them confront the future. Now, whether we make resolutions or not, whether we set goals or we ask God to lead us, there is something about the start of a new year that makes us at least give a glancing thought towards the future. And whether we make resolutions, whether we set goals, whether we ask God to lead us, there's something. There's just something new that we're looking at. Now, even though I no longer make New Year's resolutions, I do start the new year and see it as a chance to reset. A chance to take a look at my life, where I've been, and where I'm heading. And usually about this time, I'll be honest, I act really tough and brave. You know, I go to my prayer closet, and I'm praying, and I say to the Lord, all right, God, where do you want to take me this year? Anywhere you want to take me, I'm in, let's go. Until he leads me into some uncomfortable territory, Or he asked me to make some changes or shifts that I don't really want to make. And then in those instances, I find myself facing a decision about how I'm going to respond. Now, one man, without asking God, came face to face with a decision about change and what his future would look like. His name is Abram. Later, it was changed to Abraham, but we find his story in the first book in the Bible, Genesis. Now, I bring my Bible up here because, one, I love reading it, but I have it printed here because I wear glasses, and I, I will get lost. So I'm going to read from Genesis 12, 1 through 5. It says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Now let's pause here for a moment. And let's just imagine what this moment is like for Abram. Like God is speaking to him. The God who created the universe and everything in it. The God who called Abram's ancestor Noah to build an ark in order to save his family and some animals from a worldwide flood. The God who reestablished mankind through Noah's family. God who would confuse the language of mankind and scattered them because his initial uh, command to Adam and Eve to go and multiply and fill the earth hadn't been done. This God was speaking to him. And he said, leave your country, your people, your extended family, your home, and go where I lead you. And with that one command, Abram had a choice about his future. Would he trust God and make a change? Or would he remain in Haran, surrounded by family, friends, and all the comforts that he knew? And the writer of the book of Genesis recorded Abram's response. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now, he had no idea where he was going. He simply knew that God called him and that God had promised to direct him. And so he obeyed. Now, later, James, the brother of Jesus, and a leader of the early Christian church, wrote this. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. A friend of God I want that I want to obey God and I want to be seen as righteous and I definitely want to be called God's friend so as we step into 2023 I believe there's three things that we can learn from Abram and from his life so that we too can live a life of faith and adventure, just like he did so if you have your app out with you or you're taking notes the first thing is take time to respond take time to respond See, Abram needed to make a choice. And we can be honest, because God wasn't forcing him. It was a choice. He could have ignored God. He could have even said, nope. He really could have. But then he wouldn't have lived the adventure that was his life. Or he could obey God and go to a land that God would show him, even if that was all the information he had and he chose to do as God said, and he left. And that's actually my prayer for this year, that I want to hear God give me directions, and then I want to choose to do what he says, no matter how uncomfortable or mysterious it is. But how, we, how do we develop that listening ear? How do we learn to trust and obey the way that Abram did? Now, I think one of the best things that we can do in order to hear God so that we can respond is we actually have to slow down a bit, see in the business of life we need to learn to slow our roll and listen for God's voice because we can get so busy between family life, work life going to um, school doing extra chores around the house doing homework going to church, serving and everything becomes this blur and then we wake up in the morning we accomplish everything we need to do we go to sleep and then we do it all over again and it's a treadmill. And we get so busy that we forget to listen for God's voice. We just came back from a family vacation. 17 of us went to California. Now, of course, when you go to California, you have to go to Disneyland. Now, I love Disneyland. Actually, I love the old Disneyland. But Now, I have very fond memories of going to Disneyland with my family, and I want my grandkids to have that. So we went to Disneyland. Now, on the California Adventure side of Disneyland, there's a roller coaster that's now called the Incredicoaster. Now, some of us old-timers know it is California Screaming. It reaches a top speed of 55 miles an hour. It has one loop where you're hanging upside down. And it has a 108-foot drop. And it does it all in a span of two minutes. But instead of me telling you, Let's experience it vicariously right here. that's seriously one of my favorite rides and if you go to Disneyland with me you're going to experience it live hands up now I love that ride and I was, had ridden it with my grandchild and then we're walking to the next ride and as we're walking Gavin's son Ryan who's a junior hire and I was telling him man isn't this the best ride and the next one's going to be better we're going to go drop and we're just going to just, I was telling him all this stuff and he goes you know It's kind of like you leave your soul behind. (laughs) And then when he said that, I paused. And I thought, you know, that sounds a lot like the way I live my life sometimes. See, I move through my responsibilities so quickly that my soul gets left. I'm there in body, but I'm going through the motions, minus my thoughts and my emotions. Now, like I said, we just came back from this family vacation. And while we were there, we visited this mall. bunch of stores but it had a ferris wheel it was like really 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 tall and all i could think of was like i want to go on that ferris wheel with my grandkids so we had lunch and then when we're done with lunch tom and i my husband we're kind of walking through the um, um shops and we're looking and we're going in and we're looking for some things but i have my mind on this ferris wheel It's like, I want to get to this Ferris wheel. I want to connect with the grandkids. I want to get them up there. I want to go on this thing. And so we're walking. And then I'm noticing, like, everybody, it's like they have warts on their feet. Like, they're walking slow, like, slow. And I'm like, so I start walking. And then I start, you know, you weave around people. and Then you start dodging them. Now, Tom and I were talking up to this point. But then people were walking so slow and you got to get past them and this and that. And finally I feel this tug on my um, elbow And I turn. And my husband says, you're walking fast again. We were talking and you're walking fast. Now, first off, I was a little miffed that he tugged my arm. Because I'm like, you could have just told me. But then I realized he couldn't just tell me because I was going so fast, I wasn't listening and I couldn't have heard him. See, that's how we move through life. We move so quickly through our daily routines and we become so focused on our agenda that we're not truly present in the moment. And then when we're not present in the moment, we can't hear God speaking to us. And we're so busy that we're really not listening for him. And we live with our bodies present but we leave our souls behind and when we leave our souls behind or we're not in touch with it it's hard to listen for god or to hear him because we're moving full speed ahead now one of our old testament heroes elijah learned that very same lesson and it's one that we would do well to learn and his story is found in the Old Testament book of 1 Kings, and it's in chapter 18. It begins in verse 16, and I really encourage you to read it. <clears throat> but I'm going to give you a very brief summary. So what happened was, Elijah had this incredible moment where he confronted the Israelites because they had stopped following God. And they started following the false god Baal in the, in the area. And Elijah's like, man, you've got to decide either God is God. Baal is God but you can't have both and so he challenges the prophets of Baal to this contest and he says whichever God answers by fire he is God and so this goes on all day and the prophets are calling and they're calling to their God but he doesn't answer because you know he's not real and then finally Elijah gets a chance and he goes and he pours water on the offering Like, God's supposed to answer by fire, and he's throwing water. And he threw 12 buckets of water. And God answered by fire. And after that moment, Elijah has all the prophets of Baal killed. And he says to the Israelites, you follow God. And then shortly after that, Elijah says to King Ahab, who had led the people into this worship of false gods, and he said, This three and a half year drought that this land has been under is going to be over. It's going to be broken. And then he went up to the mountain and he waited. And at the sound of rain, Elijah ran 20 miles all the way to Jezreel from Mount Carmel. And after all of that, he was so tired that he went to Horeb and he hid in a cave. And he was too tired and too busy to hear God. And in First Kings nineteen nine through twelve, it says this: Then he went to a cave and he spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, "He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty." The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Now, isn't it true that when we're too busy, when we're rushing through life, or when we're just so tired, that our perspective gets a little bit skewed? And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard, heard it, he pulled back his cloak. He pulled his cloak over his face and he went out, went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. And then the voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? See, God's voice wasn't in all the activity, and it still isn't. It wasn't in the storm that tore the mountains apart or shattered the rocks. It wasn't in the earthquake and it wasn't in the fire. But it was in this quiet, gentle whisper. Like Elisha, we need to slow down long enough to cohesively body, soul, spirit, and mind hear and respond to the still and gentle voice of God. Our obedience to God is a journey. It's not a destination. And if we're present in the journey, We'll find that we reach our destination, body, soul, spirit, and mind. We'll be cohesive. Now, the second thing that Abram did is he was willing to leave. So, you can take your notes. Be willing to leave. See, when God initially called Abram, he told him to leave his country, his people, and even his father's house. But God didn't just ask Abram to leave something, he promised him something greater. And in order to receive the greater that God had promised, he needed to be willing to make a sacrifice and leave some things that really mattered behind. See, God promised to make him a great nation. But for that to happen, Abram had to leave the nation that he was already dwelling in. He had to let go and move forward so that he wouldn't get tempted to go back to what was comfortable. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews compiled a list of some of the greatest heroes of our faith and you can find that list in Hebrews 11 and I'll encourage you, go take a look at it someday but here's what he, he wrote about these heroes and what they had to give up to follow God's promises and it's an impressive list and among them, there's Enoch Enoch was so faithful to God that he didn't experience death God just took him straight to heaven Noah Noah who obeyed God and built an ark even though rain had never fallen on the earth yet. Abraham who obeyed God in so many different ways. His wife Sarah who believed God's faithfulness. Isaac and Jacob who also trusted God's promises and there's so many more. But then the writer says this, if they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. See, if they had kept thinking about the past, about the things they could do, about the comfort they left behind, instead of God's promise and what he called them to, they could have turned around and went right back. They always had a choice. And so do we. If we keep dwelling on what we're leaving behind, it's too easy to go back. Why do you think we go on the diet roller coaster all the time? We give up the foods that we like in order to lose the weight that we want to lose, but the whole time we're thinking, when I hit my goal, I'm going to have that ice cream or that cookie or that cake or those chips. Whatever it is we gave up, we're thinking, when I hit that, I'm going to go get that. We go right back to our old habits because there's still an option, and we keep thinking about them. Think about some of the habits that you can't break. Isn't it true that while you're making the changes that you know you need to make, you keep the old things as an option? And then when we're tired or the temptation is too strong, we go right back. A Couple of years ago, I went to the doctor, and he, she told me that my cholesterol was a little high. Not a lot, not dangerous, but definitely not good. So she suggested a low-dose cholesterol pill, and then she suggested some food changes. And I was okay with that until she said, cut the eggs. And I'm like, what, wait, what, eggs? See, so I used to have two eggs every day. I, that, like, eggs, I love eggs. So I said, like, no eggs? Like, like, I eat poached eggs every day, like, no eggs? So she says, well, you can have the whites. I'm like, the whites? the taste is in the yolk, why would I eat the whites? (laughs) So she looked at me, she goes, it's your choice. Like, ah. So, I cut way back on the eggs, way back, the first year. But that year, I consistently reminded myself how good some things are with eggs on it. Like, every time I would eat this, I was like, man, it would taste so good with eggs. I wish I could have an egg. I'm just going to poach an egg just once well here we are three years later and I am back to eating eggs almost every single day and then when I went to the doctor I got a warning again see the problem was I never stopped thinking about how good the eggs were and so I never really made the changes I need to make what changes do you need to make in your life What do you need to leave behind and not look back? Eggs? Is it a relationship? Is it a job? Is it something you eat or drink? Drugs? Anger? What do you need to leave? Because if we don't let go of those things, the opportunity to go back will always be there, lurking, and waiting for a weak moment. And if we want something better, if we want the promises of God, we have to be willing to leave those things behind. And it's not easy. But we were never called to easy. You see, God's promises are not always easy, but they are always for our good. When Jesus called his disciples, he challenged them to give up the old in order to gain the better. Matthew, the tax collector who gave up his old life to follow Jesus, wrote, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. See, there has to be some giving up in order to go where God is leading. On New Year's Day, my son-in-law Rodney shared a meme with me that he saw. And it was so good and so true that I actually saved it to my phone And I put it in my reminder so that my reminders will send it to me six months from now because I need to remember it. It's too good to forget. And I know that in six months, I'll need the reminder. And here's what it says. 2023 is going to be just like 2022 if you don't change things. See, if I want to see change, I have to let some things go. I have to leave them behind and even though I like who I am now I really don't want to be the same person at the, at, near the end of 2023 that I am right now I consistently want to move in the direction of God's promises and his call and his direction in my life and to do that I need to be willing to leave and not look back I would go straight forward ahead And the final thing that we can learn from Abraham is take others on the journey. Take others with us. See, when Abram left, Sarai, his wife, went with him. That's to be expected. But he also took his nephew, Lot. Now, 2023 is the year of discipleship for New Hope Hilo. And discipleship takes proximity. It can't be done in a vacuum. So when God invites us on an adventure, we don't go alone we invite others to go with us. That's exactly the way Jesus did. His disciple Matthew wrote, "'As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, "'he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, "'and his brother Andrew. "'They were casting a net into the lake, "'for they were fishermen. "'Come, follow me,' Jesus said, "'and I will send you out to fish for people.' "'And at once they left their nets and followed him.'" See, Jesus didn't just call them to follow him, He told them he would teach them. He would disciple them. They would change. And they followed. Then he invited James and John on the adventure. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. He would go on to call Bartholomew, who was also called Nathaniel, James, who's known as the lesser or younger, Judas Iscariot, Jude, who's also known as Thaddeus, Matthew, Philip, Simon the Zealot, and Thomas. And then he would spend the next three years in close proximity to these 12 men, teaching them to be just like him, challenging them to give up their old ways of thinking and responding. And the very last instruction he would give them after spending all that time with them after investing in them. The last thing he said to them was to go and do just like I've done with you and make disciples. Matthew 28, 18 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you to the very end of the age go and make disciples now here's the things about inviting others on an adventure it won't always work out Lot didn't really learn a lot from Abram and Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus there will be times that we spend time with others and it won't pan out the way that we wanted it to But that doesn't mean we stop, and it doesn't mean that we don't disciple. It means we go again. This denomination, Foursquare, is celebrating 100 years this year. And in March, this church, New Hope, is celebrating our 42nd anniversary. And I can guarantee you that the reason we've made it to these mile markers is because Amy Semple McPherson, who founded our denomination, And Pastor Wayne Cordero, who grew our church, invited others, many others, onto the journey. And those others have invited others. And as we continue moving forward as a church and a denomination, you and I are invited into the adventure of discipling others into the kingdom of God. Now you may be thinking, well, that's a nice thought, but I'm young, or I don't know much or I just started my journey but here's the key you're on the journey and you're a little bit ahead of someone so turn around and invite them to walk with you and then you look ahead and someone's a little bit ahead of you so you walk with them and you learn from them invite someone to journey with you and you say I need help we got something for you. You sign up for Right Now Media. It's free for you. And in fact, we're gonna put the QR code right up here. And you scan that, and you can downlo- download the app. And there's videos, there's Bible studies, there's stuff for kids, there's all kinds of things on there. And then you gather some friends. And you watch the video together. And then you talk about what you learned. You ask questions. And if you're unsure of the answer, then you check with someone that you trust or you ask any of the pastors or leaders. You see, discipleship is not a destination. It's not gathering knowledge. It's a journey. It's a journey that we take with others. And the good news is we are surrounded by opportunities to learn and grow. But it's up to us to choose to grow and to move forward. And I know that I don't want this year to be like last. I know that I want to keep growing. And to do that, I know that I need to learn to slow down and respond, that I need to leave some things behind, and I need to invite others on the journey. We all need to do that. So are you ready? Well, let's go. Let's pray. Abba, Father, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting us to be part of your kingdom. More than that, thank you for inviting us to invite others into the kingdom. Lord, may we take the time to slow down, to hear your voice, to hear you directing us and to lead us. And as we listen to you and you tell us to let things go, give us the courage and the ability to let go. And if we feel that we don't have that, then give us somebody to go to and say, hey, help me out with this. And Lord, as we disciple each other and as we're discipled, may we remember this is never about a destination, but it's about the journey. And the journey is with you and it's with others that you've brought into our lives and into your kingdom. So we thank you, we love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. amen. Well, God bless you guys. Have a great night. We'll see you Sunday at 7, 8, 30, and 10. Let's go.